Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. And I'm loving right now, Molly's got a little case of the hiccups. I have the hiccups. (laughs) (laughs) Which I tried really hard to cure them, like... Oh, just now. <laughs> it's cool. Sarah's going to do most of the talking. We are here yeah, with Sarah Jean-Louis. And uh, I was saying, like, I'm Sarah with an H, and you're Sarah. Yeah, no H. No H. <laughs> no H. But can you tell us what your exact position is for the grid? So currently, as it stands, I am the marketing, catering, events, sales manager. I know it's a tongue twister and I haven't had updated business cards since like June, 2019, but it's fine. The assistant to the regional manager. (laughs) Basically Dwight Schrute. Yeah. I I just want to leave with the most obvious question. How has COVID been treating you? What lessons have you guys learned? Um, I think it's like how it is for everyone, essentially. Um, I feel like there's so many different aspects in life in general. And in the spiritual community, we always talk about how like the year 2020, 2020 vision, like starting to see everything. A lot of truths have come to light. And I think the restaurant hospitality, you know, way of doing things was a little bit, you know, iffy before all of this happened to begin with. So I think it's actually uh, a catch 2020. Like, yeah, it's terrible that everyone had to shut down and X, Y, Z, but it gave people a chance to reevaluate how we were doing things. Um, As far as beer garden goes, I love that we're closed before too. Love that for us. Like reservation, stay seated. Nothing crazy ever happens now. Love that for us. But um, it's sad to see like other like friends, restaurants, that have closed or like the hotels who have struggled. I come from a wedding planning background and it's terrible to see like that industry. Like it's insane to see like all these weddings, 350 people go down to micro, which is still great for, you know, DJs, photographers, et cetera. But like, imagine being someone who was like based on commission and going from having 350 people at a hundred dollars a plate to 25 people. <laughs> so I think, like I said, it's, it's, there's always good and bad in everything. And that, that's just like how life is that you got to take the yin with the yang and the black with the white. And that's just how it goes. Yes. I read in the Boston Globe a few weeks ago that 60% of Massachusetts food establishments had closed, which is a lot, right? But that includes very small businesses. It includes corporate businesses. But I was justly horrified. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's struggling. Everyone. And I feel like in every industry is struggling. Um, It's scary, but like this is something that is part of our lives that we have to kind of like maneuver through. And it's like amazing for me to see how many people have just been like, all right, like this is the issue. This is how we're going to attack it. Like people have just like gone through like hell and high water to like make sure that they can reopen when we were allowed to reopen. Um, I live right on the Connecticut border. So like I have a lot of friends and family who work in restaurants in Connecticut and they were like on top of it, like plexiglass, like you go to a bar now, plexiglass in between, or they have like napkin holders with a six foot string. So they make sure that everyone is like your nap. If your napkin holder is even the tightest bit and untaught, they know you're not six feet apart. It's just like insane. But then, you know, you look at beer garden and everything is perfectly six feet apart. Cause I measured it myself, but then you go down Shrewsbury street and it's like one and popping down there. Huh? I go all the time. So I'm not hating. <laughs> some, some places I'll walk by and be like, Oh, how? Yeah. And like you said, the margins were already out of whack when it comes to the restaurant industry, just in terms of profit margins and for food in particular. And so now I think as customers, as guests, we have to reassess, like, how much are we willing to pay for this experience? And hopefully most people will say we're willing to pay more yeah. and we value it now more. And I think that people are starting to see, too, it's like, especially when it comes to people who are working and tipping. Um, I mean, it really is like hazard pay, honestly. Like, that's how I feel about it, at least. And I know, mm-hmm. I think Sarah's feeling the same way. Is like, I'm tipping, I, I, you know, I have service industry friends. I've worked in the service industry. So, like, I am a 
person who like really puts like a high you know high value on tipping generous but now you're over the top <laughs> it's like you have to pay you, you know? have to be that way uh coming from a service background you just that's just it's in your you're like oh 18 percent not gonna have 25 percent like that's that's the service wasn't that great but like 25 percent will do um i get the hazard pay but there's like there's hazard everywhere like if you're in the service industry you come from a service background you're in the like mindset of constantly tipping Think about all the places that you can't tip. Like, I've been to Dunkin' Donuts where there's actually a sign that says, please don't tip. It literally says, please don't tip. Like, what do you mean? I always think of Gabrielle Hamilton. She wrote Blood, Bones, and Butter. She runs this restaurant, or she did. She had to close, called Prune in New York City. she's a great writer. She's like, in addition to being a very talented chef, she's an excellent writer who writes for The New Yorker. And you're like, oh, they didn't just let her write because she owns a successful restaurant. Like, they let her write because she can write. She's very reflective. And I loved it when I first started in the service industry. I was reading it, and she was like, you know, there are certain calling cards where you can pick out other people from the industry. Like, they might order sherry or for net after their meal or they tip a ridiculous amount <laughs> but it's a little outdated now um in terms of Fernet, i think How, what are Is your it? thoughts on Fernet? I, I don't even know what you're talking about so I <laughs> keep that in. it's I, like this calling card at the abbey so, like, so what are your thoughts on Fernet? never heard of it <laughs> so that's so interesting though so i learned about Fernet when i was 23 from a guy that I was spending time with. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And he was like, like he, go on. And he, but like, he worked at a bar back at like row 34 and all those places. And so we would go out and he'd be like, shots of Fernet. And so then I was like, oh, yeah, like I know about this. You know? And it felt, like, it felt like a secret code that I knew. Like it felt like a secret language that like then when I would go out at, you know, beyond that, yeah, it's beyond that situation. Code. I would Our go resident be like, photographer, by the way, is about to, to skip uh, out. But do you know have seen him in so long. You've had Fernet. Yeah. I love it. What's the scoop on Fernet? We know nothing. Oh, I know nothing. It's an Amaro, so it's settles yeah. your tummy. I was gonna um, say a digestif, right? <laughs> yeah, I almost said an aperitif. No, Does it go over ice cream? It sure can. It could. Yeah. Do you, like, do you like mint? Like McGillicuddy's or like, um, what's that other one? It's like black licorice. Oh, no. That's out. Well, anyway, I, I was telling Mike that when I go to Boston, I always go to the same places because I have very yes. limited knowledge. And one of them is Row 34. But, yeah, they have an excellent beer program. And then they also will serve you up some Fernet. And yes. that's, like, how you know that it's restaurant people if they order Fernet from the restaurant we worked in. But... You come from a larger industry right. and background. Can you tell us about your career trajectory? Okay. Well, first of all, I didn't bring my dictionary. So <laughs> what the hell does trajectory mean? <laughs> How'd you get your start? How'd you end up like the manager of the beer garden and everything? <laughs> so technically what I do, my position here is overseeing the five restaurants that we own. Um, so craft table and bar, revolution pie and pint, brew on the grid, beer garden, beer garden pavilion, and new age, new aged Franklin street fair, formerly known as sticks noodle bar. Currently with the whole COVID thing, um, revolution and craft are currently closed. And then we use this time to obviously flip Franklin street fair and renovate brew on the grid. I came on here, and it's actually a funny story, and I hope no one who, like, is for this other company is listening, but uh, I was ready to transition from my last job. I have, like, a really hard time letting go. Like, that's part of my shadow work in my spirituality is just, like, learning when it's time to cut those cords. So I worked at a country club. I was looking to transition. I started looking, actually started looking in January of 2019. I was headhunted. And um, so all the places I had pretty much applied to, it was like flop, 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 flop. Can I fact check you? 2018? 2019. 2019? Yeah, wasn't Liz Jocelyn here before that? L- uh, so, uh, oh, we can edit this. But, uh, yeah. All right, ladies, let me tell my story, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, wait. I can't believe we've only known you that long. I know, it seems <laughs> I know, I'm awesome. You wish you knew me longer. <laughs> so, this is, so, yeah, January 2019. Um, 
So I was actually headhunted. They were like, hey, we have this country club that we want you to come and do all the weddings for. Like, we know that's what you do now. And at the time, I was like, okay, because I was flopping on my own. So I have this, literally the, the person was like, it's a confidential country club. Okay. They wanted to meet me and interview me at a Starbucks. And apparently they were cleaning house. So I met a G, the GM who also had not been on site yet, was hired to be a GM, but they hadn't fired the GM yet. They hadn't fired the salesperson yet. And they had, hadn't fired the golf manager yet. So I go to this interview. I'm already feeling all the weird vibes. He's like, they haven't fired anyone yet. This is why we're meeting at an undisclosed location. And this is why you can't actually know the site of the country club. I had already mentally checked out of the country club I was working at. So I was like, sis, you got to go. Because people are starting to get the feels that you're not, you're not on board. So... I meet with him, whatever, whatever. I'm still looking. I'm, like, still hopeful and, like, you know, you want everything to align, especially, like, when you practice spirituality and you're just, like, you know, like, I drive to work sometimes or, like, start my day. Like, everything is always working out for me. Like, I'm, like, it's more, some days I believe it and some days I'm really just trying to convince myself, like, everything is really working out for me. So, anyway, I go, I interview, he loves me. Uh, we're starting to spitball ideas. We're texting and emailing back and forth. They ask me for a start date. They ask me what I want for a salary. I tell them. They don't match me on, they match me on the money, but they don't match me on like the bonus structure or um, vacation or whatever, whatever. So anyway, long story short, one day I'm like chilling. I see that they're hiring here for an event manager. I'm like, what are the odds? Everything else has been a flippity flop. So I apply, calls me the next day. Will you come for an interview? The next day, what do you think it was? The day after single de Mayo. Did you show up with the hiccups? No, <clears throat> I did not have the hiccups. But I was just like not prepared because I did not know like, so I was like, all right, I got to get all my ducks in a row because I, I was obviously like checked out. Like I had, I had already had a job lined up. I signed my offer letter. I was like, good to go. Like there was no need. So they call me. They're like, will you come in? I'm like, all right, now I have like, and you know how it is when you're this age, when you're hungover, it takes you four days to recover, not 24. You mean hours, right? Four hours to recover? 24 24 hours. hours. Molly was like, it does take me 24 days No, now. it takes me four days. Yeah, that's what I was going to be like. Yeah, it does take me four, four Oh, it still takes me like 24 hours. Instead of 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like it's brutal. Life. Keep going. This is a good story. <laughs> so I apply. They ask me to come in for an interview. And it's almost amazing how the universe works because it's like I had no expectation. I was just like doing this for, you know, like the last, for the fun, for the, you know, for the thrills. <laughs> so many thrills. Sing giggles. Lots of thrills. You know, I love cheap thrills. Okay. So anyway, so I have the interview. I wake up. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Let me like live my best life. I was going to see my accountant that day. So I had two Manila envelopes in my car. If you see my car, you'll see I live in my car. No parking. Thank you, Worcester. Thank you. Zero parking. Parked down the street. Wearing heels. Strut my stuff. Boom, 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 boom. Can't find the place because obviously this is hard to maneuver. Like, am I going to leasing? Am I going to the restaurants? Like, where do I go? So I get here and it's always a shock because they don't, they don't preface. Like, hey, you're going to be interviewing with two people. They're like, come in for an interview. Okay. So now there's two people already stressed. A little tardy. I wasn't late, but I wasn't early. Sit down at the restaurant, sit down and talk with Liz. Boss ass bitch. Beat that out. But like, love her to death. Like, she's crushing it. I'm like, who? We both worked with her in various capacities, like at restaurants and then on committees and stuff. And she really is. I would love to be trained by her. She's so lovely. (laughs) She, she, She has B D E. She's a legend and like I think that was also something that was super important in my path like to meet her to see like oh like not only are there better opportunities out there from the original place I was working but like you can be this type of woman 
the reason why they were bringing me on board, and she was very candid. She was like, you know, I'm pregnant. And I was like, T, I didn't like, love that for you because I thought you just had like, no. She's like, I'm pregnant. Like, we need someone. She's like, I built so much momentum for the company with the catering, the outside catering and the on-site events. Like, we need someone to maintain that momentum. And then when I come back from maternity leave, we can find a way to divvy up the plan. So we had planned it all out, how we were going to divvy up the position, you know, corporate events, social events, uh, fundraisers, nonprofits, blah, blah, blah. Um, so <clears throat> back to my interview. So then I leave. I'm thinking I flopped. But at the end of the day, like I said, I already had a job, so it wasn't that big of a deal to me. So it wasn't attached to it, which in the law of attraction, they talk a lot about manifestation and attachment and how if you want something to come to you, you have to release it. So I'm like driving home, living my best life, like talking on the phone, telling someone like, hey, yeah, I did the damn thing, but it is what it is. And my envelope for my accountant, and I had my envelope that had my cover letter and my resume. Bring in my account. <laughs> so I didn't have my, so whatever. They walk me back. They're like, come in for a second interview. I was seconds from saying, really? Like you guys want to interview me a second time? Come back in. I was shook to the core. I'm like, I can't believe, like, now I'm, like, so polished. It's sickening. Like, tight bun, full suit. I, no manila envelope. I have a navy navy blue envelope with hole punches. One for each person to interview me. Like, I'm buttoned up to a T. 15 minutes early. Walk in there. Someone offers me a water. I would love a water. Thank you. DL sits down. He's like, I really don't have time for this today. We'd like to offer you the job. Do you accept? Aww. I love that. If I was a cartoon, my jaw was on the floor. Oh my God, yes. Um, some Looney Tunes-ish. And she hadn't, even come, she hadn't even come down from the office yet. Liz hadn't even made it down yet. The DO just sits down. He's like, I don't have time for this today. We'd like to offer you a job. Do you, Do you accept? She comes down. He's like, yeah. She said, yeah. Fill out the, get the paperwork over to HR and like, let's get this moving. And she's like, well, when do you want to start? This was my first, like, <laughs> I really wanted them to know what they were getting into. I was like, well, the moon is in void course until. <laughs> Okay, so people can't see. I obviously I know we don't I call you my viewers. I know you're not. Sarah started saying the moon is in void and I was like sipping a beer. I, I will tell you, it's okay. Like I was I'm 30 years old. I was sipping a beer and it almost came out my nose. Like I I did a, a tr like a true spit take. We are planning to end this episode with a tarot card reading, just in case you were wondering. I also just want to announce that I have Lost the hiccups. Keep going. Good. Yes. We're so happy for you. Wait, Thank so were they cool with that? Did they get yeah, it? Yeah, were they like... Oh, yeah, because like, you guys know this. She's, like, yeah. down, and, like, the DO at the time, he was just, like, he he literally okay. dro dropped it on the table. He's, like, get hired. When can you start? And then walked away. So I didn't see him again until I actually started. So that's how that happened. And um, at the end of the day, like, I had to make decisions that I am uncomfortable with. Like, it's in my nature to, like, not want to hurt people's feelings. And, like, I had to have, like, a serious talking to. Someone was like, you know what? It's corporate, sweetie. Like, the other job, they're going to find another candidate. Like, this is your life. That place will find someone else to fill that role and this is your life you need to make the best decision and I'm like I already accepted and I signed an offer letter and I gave them my word <laughs> and they're like no wait is this like it is this turned into like an antebellum you like, said that you were drama. not a theater kid so that was that was a full Tennessee Williams play like you just performed the glass you just did the glass menagerie <laughs> So that's basically what happened. So I had to, like, call this guy back. Of course, he was, like, salty as ever because he's the headhunter. And so then I started here, obviously, when the mood was back to rag. Um, and I started here, and it was it was definitely, like, different, to say the least, because a lot of these restaurants were on the come up, if that makes sense. Like, at the time I started, the pavilion wasn't even open yet. 
beer garden was open for like roughly a year or so. Craft table and bar and Revolution had just opened up that that winter. It was odd. And, you know, the D.O. preface, he's like, think of this as a startup because, like, all these restaurants are so new. Like, I hadn't had a female boss that was, like, so close in age, like, where I worked for before. Like, she was, like, 50 years older than me. And, and you know, Liz was, like, a couple of years older than me. So she, like, really guided me and, like, you know, did things in a lot of different ways. And then, ultimately... She she left me, <laughs> but she left to have her baby. Like I get it. She went on maternity leave, and I 100% anticipated her to come back. But like at the end of the day, when people have babies, they want to spend time with their babies. So it makes sense. So how did I become who I am today? Essentially, it's just meeting people like you guys. Like I just saw an opportunity to like see this position as less of like a means of monetary income and see it as a way to like network and meet people. Cause at the end of the day, I was so petrified of transition. Like I knew where I worked. I knew everyone I worked for. Like I, even the photographer who just left, I knew him. I was comfortable straighter. He used to DJ weddings all the time there. I was so comfortable with everyone I worked with. And like, I was just petrified to one like I was leaving brides who had had me as their wedding planner for roughly six months because like I left right before wedding season. I left in in May and started here in May. So like there was a lot of like attachment that I had to release. And that was like part of my shadow work at that time in my life. And there was a lot of other things that I had released in my life, like a lot of cords that I had to cut at that time. But that was definitely, like, one of the hardest because the, everyone was so innocent. Can I just ask you to explain what shadow work is? I was about is? to ask that. Yeah. So <laughs> shadow work is essentially, like, the part of yourself that you hide. Think of your shadow when you're out in the sun. There is a part of you that is, oh, like, any, any, any form of light. You, like, think about when you make, like, bunnies. Your shadow is the part of yourself that you hide. But your shadow is still there. It's the things that you kind of like push down and don't deal with. Think about your sun sign, which is what most people associate their zodiac with, your sun sign. So people are like, oh, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, because it's your sun. And you also have your rising and your moon, which reflect different aspects of yourself and how you portray yourself to people. So the shadow is basically a lot of it, your shadow self essentially, because your shadow is a little bit smaller than you. It's like things from your inner childhood, which a lot of people have attachment issues because of their childhood, something or one or the other. And I, for whatever reason, I don't think, I don't truly believe I ever let anyone down as a child. I just felt that way. And as an adult, I feel so much like I'm letting my child self down. So your shadow work is essentially finding because it's, it's there's so much think about how old you are there's so much shadow that you've suppressed because you've never you weren't old enough to even comprehend that you had a shadow at that point shadow work is essentially finding little bits and pieces where you can shed light on the parts of yourself that you don't necessarily love that much and attachment was a huge one for me like boundaries bounding like 2019 was there was a lot of like cutting unhealthy like binds and bounds it's it's really like interesting because at the time too I was in therapy and I I see a psychic like every six months and I I had a therapy session and then I went to a psychic session and the words that they were saying were like synonyms but in psychology and in spirituality like one was talking about like you know, like boundaries and like attachment. And the other one was like, you're bound and roped. And I was like, what? Why is this the same exactly? I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Because it was definitely it's like, like en- enriching your practice. Yes. Oh, I was oh, just going to ask a really quick question about where you are from originally because I am obsessed with your accent. I have several accents and I think yes. it's partially because I... I was born in New York. Yeah, okay, yes, right. I lived in, in Framingham, okay. Massachusetts for yeah. a long time. And then I lived in Connecticut 
but I used to hang out in Rhode Island like I lived there. So it's just like a, almost like it's yeah. just like an all-encompassing yeah. New England accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They get the like the twerk almost right. sometimes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm also of age 29. Thank you. But we've also been drinking. My Long Island comes out all yes. the time. Okay, that's Long Island. When I drink, my Long Island accent yes. comes out all the time. <laughs> yes, love her. <laughs> the first time that I ever met you. We were planning secret walls for a powwow, and we wanted to do it at the beer garden. You guys had just opened this space in the back that was just sprawling and awesome. And you said to me, like, look, I sit at a table of men, typically, when I plan events. Uh, all the managers around me are men who have to green light this. And I really want to go in there and, like, just nail it and be the woman that they turn to and want to plan all of their events. Not because I'm a woman, but because I did really well with this. And I was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> We're going to be friends. But I do want to know about that. How are you received and how do you make sure that your voice is heard when you're the only woman at the table? So I think there's there's two, two approaches to everything, and some people come, like, this is going to, I feel like this will be universal for a lot of things we'll talk about, but people come at things very combatively, and that is not my approach. I more so have a conversation, and I'm like, hey, like, this is what I think. I'm happy to do whatever you think. But, like, from my experience, this will work better. Two things will happen. They'll say, wow, that's very, you know, humble of you. Like, let's do it your way and try it. Because they'll also meet you with that same compassion. Or the other thing will happen where they'll say, like, yeah, we're just going to do it my way. And most times when they hit you with that, like, yeah, we're just going to do it my way, they fall on their faces. So... I kind of came at it with that attitude. At the time, the DO was very much like, you know what, I trust your judgment, but at a certain time, I'm going to let you know, like, hey, like, we need to pick up, you know, they're always tracking it, like, what the sales are, whatever, whatever. And so I went to the table, and I was kind of like, this is what I think, and he supported me all the way, like, till that, to that very day when he came up to me, he was like, hey, we're going to open it up. He supported me all the way through, even with the other managers, like, oh, yeah, we don't think it's a good idea. Like, we shouldn't shut down for the day. But the thing is, people don't realize, like, when you skip a pebble, it creates rings. So, yeah, that day may not have been as big or as booming as they would have wanted it to be. But everyone who was there was of significance. Everyone who was there was super important. Everyone who was there told a friend who told a friend. Everyone who was there had an artistic thing about them, whether it was the videographer who sent us that reel, which ended up, you know, being a part of our promotion, which was beautiful and got more people to us, or, you know, the people who are in powwow worldwide who shared stuff. The impact that it had, there is no monetary compensation for that that's how I felt too but I understand it's a risk no risk no reward yeah but I remember looking around the room and being like oh my god I'm the only one here that doesn't have a hundred thousand Instagram followers <laughs> it was like oh so many high traffic people you know what I mean like people that just attract a lot of interest in one room mm. Those kind of people aren't going to be there at the butt crack of dawn. Like, they're not going to be the first ones there. Like, here's my ticket sub. They're the people when it's at capacity. Like, yeah, I, you know, like, I'm one of the artists. Let me, yeah, like, seriously, I donated $50,000 to this organization. Let me in through the door. And that's how it is. But no risk, no reward sometimes, you know? Well, and like you said, that was what sold you guys for me. I'm sure a lot of people have this experience, but that went well. So then if anyone asks, like, where do we do it? All of a sudden you're on the list. And that's like a very cool thing, too, in the community. I've had a lot of people say to me, though, like, whenever we're thinking I'm doing something and someone says anything over there in that area, they're usually like, call Sarah. <laughs> like, me specifically, which is great. Yeah, hey, you're my contact. Yeah, well, like that Veterans Inc. 5K that we yeah, did. Yeah, that was had, like great. a great little, just like the before and after gathering was so it felt really easy, which mm -hmm. I think is 
good for an event like that because people can feel. But I just think like it was just like very chill. Like we all came back after we finished, which I you know I walked it <laughs> pretty much. I was um, so proud. But I had a great time. I really did. But um, and they quadrupled the event from the year right, before which, so because great. we had the draw of yeah. a venue. And it was great. And like even just like coming in at the end and just like hanging out in the pavilion, it was just so. It just was, like, nice, you know? It just was, like, a very, like, chill, like, okay, cool. Like, we all did this together. And it felt seamless. Like, it felt like we just, you know, we went in the little gate door. I was like, we're all here. It's, it's really nice. And it's, like, nice to come together as a community. I really love, like, meeting people. And, like, those, like, the woman who did the Veterans 5K, who I was in the most contact with, she's, like, a gem. Like, she called the other day. She was like... Oh my god, I was so worried they would have let you go because obviously, like, you can't do events anymore. And I was like, no, I'm still here. You know me. I found something for me to do. <laughs> I added something to my you title. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the pleasure of talking to Terrell for like I was just telling you, we just talked a long time the other day. I was doing a piece that ran in the Telegram. Frank, Franklin Street Fair? Yeah, we actually did it here at the brew. We sat down and chatted for a while, and then we went over to Franklin Street Fair, and he's like, do you mind if I just cook for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he just tore it up in the kitchen. <laughs> he, like, sent out all these crazy combinations of food. Um, but it was excellent, and I was impressed by his passion for food because my impression of this, and honestly, before I guess I made a personal connection with you too, was that it was turning over a lot. There were yeah. a lot of concepts that came through, and I was like, can I just be honest with you, Terrell? Like, why does it turn over so much? Why have you gone through so many concepts? And he said, well, since I've been here, we're really trying to focus on what's in front of us. But I want to ask you that too. Like, what is in front of you? So now, especially when things are kind of cutting back, what is it that you guys are going to focus on? What's your identity? I think the uh, rollout of the reopening was smart and very strategic. Well, let me backtrack. I think T probably was very, like... He's very hospitable in the sense that, like, now he spends a lot of time, he spends a lot of his time <laughs> building menus, costing things out, going to, you know, our owners' meetings. And you have to think, when you are a young child and you're like, I want to be a chef, you're not like, oh, I can't wait to cost out these menus and meet with the corporate executives of whatever, wherever we're getting our food from or, you know, meet with the owners of the company. Like, you're thinking, like, I'm going to be, like, meeting people, chefing it up, cooking for my friends. So, which is why I think every time, because every time I bring, like, a blogger to him or any type of press... I'm like, T, you don't have to do a full spread. He's like, yeah, like, I'm going to give him a full spread. I'm like, all right, well, you you stay till 9 p.m. I'm going to exit stage left. So I think it was smart in our rollout. Beer Garden was obviously the smartest because it was the biggest. And we were able to do it in the safest way. Everything was spaced out, and people already loved it. And with summer coming, the people who were going to feel the most comfortable with going out were going to go out. Here, it's like, it's coffee. I think the renovation is probably what took us the longest, but we were planning this renovation long before COVID planned on coming for us. So a lot of the materials were already here, and our team from Boston, because they stopped all Boston construction for a while, our team from Boston was like, hey, you know, our guys can't work. Like, let's just have them bang out the renovation. So that made here easy peasy, lemons peasy. And then we were always thinking about redoing sticks. Sticks closed a while ago. Um, and so that just made the most sense to be the next step. I think Craft and Revolution always struggled because they were below ground. And then Craft usually would su succeed whenever the Hanover had a huge show. Or if the DCU had like a 70s, 80s band. Because you think about it, it's all about the demographic when it comes to age. So those people who are going to those have a little bit more disposable income. While our demographic, like, we have disposable income, but, like, I, but I also want to buy, like, a $50 crystal and... <laughs> or a Nintendo Switch. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your, your roots aren't, like 
established. It's like you're buying other expensive stuff where it's like if I can go out and get a beer and a steak for $25, I'll probably do that. It's it's not my birthday. It's not my boyfriend's birthday. It's not my husband's birthday. We're not going out for someone's 30th birthday. Like, let's go somewhere cheaper. You know what I mean? So I think the way we're rolling it out now is great. I'm not sure what's going to happen with those two concepts over there because it's a mix. It's a mixed review. Like the only people who really loved craft were people who went to the Hanover theater for the most part. And unfortunately when T came on board, he did change the whole menu and it was great. Oh, he had this vegetarian, like, I don't even know what it was called, but it was so good. You had no idea it was vegetarian. It was so flaky and flavorful. It was packed with a punch. But I did come clean to him. I I was was like, look, before you were hired, I was the restaurant reviewer for like Worcester Mag and they would run it in Telegram Gazette. And I wrote a really horrific review. These are not my proud, proudest moments, right? Like, now that restaurants are dying, I've stopped doing You're that. like, now that I'm friends with you. <laughs> no. Now that 60% of restaurants in Massachusetts have closed, I'm like, who am I to, like, pan yeah. some small town place? This has an economic impact. Everyone's doing their best. Everyone's doing their best. Right? I don't know. And so I had one bad night there and then like one bad group experience, but you guys were in between chefs and that's how it works. I have a two week span to review it. I usually go two or three times depending on how well things go or how familiar I am with the space. And you were waiting to hire T and I think there was no executive chef. And so my host fell asleep. Like, you know, it was a bad, what? It was a bad night, but everyone has a bad night. Right. And so I wrote about this in the newspaper and then I got to sit down with him for a half hour and justify like, Oh man, I'm sorry. Like, and I didn't come back because I had one bad experience. So I am curious about that. How are you going to draw back a new crowd to all of these spaces? I think he was doing great, honestly. Like, that new menu would have honestly crushed anyone. Like, I don't eat pork or red meat. So, like, he was, like, he always, like, comes to me with, like, the vegetarian vegan dishes. Like, would you eat this? Because he knows, like, this is what I eat on the regular. And I was in shock. And at the time, we had, like, our photography team come down and take a bunch of pictures of everything. I, I, I'm going to look at I'm going to look back, and I'll, I'll text you guys what it was called. But it was, like, mashed potatoes, cauliflower, and then this, like, flaky... It seemed like a, it seemed like a flaky pie of some sort, but it was huge. It looked like something that would be, like, a meat pie, but it had no meat in it. Pasty, we would call that. <laughs> it was so good. The whole spread was good. Yeah, like, we it, we had all the managers come and be like, Did, we have a table like this over at Craft. All the managers were tasting wings, and usually, like, we're, like, lying. Like, mm. It was so good. Well, I was really impressed when he cooked for me. I had a great afternoon the other day. He's great, and and that's the thing I also like about him. Like, the chefs before were very standoffish, where every time I ask him to meet with someone, he's like, fine, like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, Like, let's do it. Like, he's like, you know what? These are the days I can't meet. And he has said yes to every food blogger, every newspaper, every TV. He was on, like... WT whatever whatever the other day and I was like I can't believe you said yes to that half those people I've never seen a black man in their lives <laughs> alright so I'm glad you just said that because that was a big part of our conversation we were talking about these awards called the James Beard Awards and yes. they're like the Oscars of food um, and this year there was a big controversy because they have been criticized in the past for not representing American culinary experiences accurately like it's very very white male centric I feel like European too specifically like so yeah and they went out of their way this year to make sure that the nominees were representative and the results come in allegedly through a third third party accountant who's supposed to be like keeping this all a secret they all use the third party accountants somebody leaks that In the entertainment industry. Well, someone is, I don't know if I want to say smart enough, because I almost think if they had given out the awards as planned and they were all white winners, mostly men, Mm -hmm. like I think if they had given out the awards, it would have been an opportunity for a reckoning to say like, all right, there's something wrong here. This is not an accurate representation of food in America. But instead they said, oh my God, we're going to cancel the awards and not tell anyone who won. And then it became this big controversy. But 
the bottom line is that white men are driving the culinary industry in America and have been for a long time. So how are you, I don't even want to say combating that, but like, how do you get your nails into this industry that you do love? A seat at the table as Solange. I am sweaty just talking about this. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go off topic a little bit, but it's definitely on topic. Yes. And I'm going to try and be very, like, conservative. In, no, don't. Yes, I'm going to. <laughs> okay, is it for professional reasons? Yes, it okay. is for professional reasons. Because we... Okay, because I was going to say, we want you to, like, speak... I do want to speak freely, and, like, if this was, like, us girlfriends at the table, yeah. I would 100% do that, but I'm going to be very professional. And I will tell you what was said, Just but I will not tell you who of, was. Okay. I have, ha- I have had someone say to me, a male, white, say, we can do whatever we want. Is this Wait, you put her mic on, because I, I feel like we're going to go back and forth. Okay. <laughs> is this someone you like, were working with or for? Or was it yes, I work for them. Yeah, okay. I just and by we, sure. he means himself. Wait a minute, because it gets, it, 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 this is the thing. This is, so this person says, we can do whatever we want, right? Seems, like, innocent enough, nonchalant. And this is a person that thinks they're very forward-thinking and yada, 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 yada. A couple weeks go by, and I keep bringing it up. It, it rubs me the wrong way. You know what I mean? As it should, yeah. Because it's like, we, like, like this is, and we'll get to that. But, again, it comes up. And I'm like, ha, 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 we can do whatever we want, right? And there's definitely things we cannot do. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, but we can do whatever we want, right? Like, I'm going to come to work tomorrow with no clothes on. Like, we can do whatever we want, right? Like, I'm going to go hang out with, with people in the comments and then come back over here and take, like, we can do whatever we want. So then one day, like, they're obviously annoyed with this joke that I'm making. And they're like, you're right. We can't do whatever we want, but I can. <gasps> so, but that's the point that you were trying to prove, essentially. Or, or not trying, but just like proving with the whole thing, right? The thing is, I feel like I was triggered because that mentality of we can do whatever we want is pretty much what's wrong in not only this industry, right. but every industry. Like, we can do whatever can we though? It sounds like the some like the president. Like mm-hmm. there are the rules don't apply to me. I can I can do whatever I want. Like that's what it sounds like, which is obviously like a macro of this issue. And it's very ignorant to just yeah. make a blanket statement like that because you cannot. I can make it as technical as possible because could we just go out? Like, could I just run up and down Worcester naked and not get arrested? Okay, stop it. <laughs> but that mindset is so triggering because there are so many people who do think they can do whatever they want. But don't you also think that for some of those people, they do do things like with impunity and without consequence? Oh, 110%. For, like, like that macro example of like the president who this is the week of we're, we're talking a couple days after the debate and who just spent the entire time talking over both his opponent and the moderator but for his base and for people who do support him there aren't consequences like so for a lot of these people and particularly I think like white men they 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 have that mentality because it has been historically the case that like they can do whatever they want. They don't suffer consequences. It's just so, like, I don't know. It just, like, really irks me that, like, that mindset, not, like, white, like, men in general. Like, I'm not going to go, like, so as far to say that all, like, it's definitely not all men, but there is a man out there who really does think that they can do whatever they want. There's a white man out there who 100% thinks they can do whatever they want. I think there are white white women too though like who feel the same way. Who like who feel that they are who will not be held accountable for you know whatever they think they're going to do. And maybe they don't even recognize. Yes and I think that that's often the case too but I mean like when you think of the fact that like 47% of white women voted for Donald Trump in 2016 that's all that's but, and they really do. They're just like, okay, everything's fine. Like, no big deal. 
I think there's a lot of like privilege out there and a lot of people don't realize their privilege in general. Like people like to joke about, you know, women getting out of tickets and X, Y, Z. And I, I, I don't get me wrong. I've gotten out of speeding tickets, parking tickets. Like I haven't had my headlights on. I have been driving without a license and like, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. There was like, there was some like uprise the other day because a reporter was like, oh, the NBA is playing so much better now that the Instagram models aren't in the bubble. Like, how is that? I almost just said a swear word. (laughs) It's just like so, it's just like so backwards how it's like, okay, so because the Instagram models can hang out with the basketball players, the basketball players are playing better? I also want to point out to that person, I don't know who it was who said that, that many of the basketball players, many NBA players have actually come out and said that their mental health is suffering as a result of A, being in the, in the, so the bubble, but also not being able to participate more widely, more widely in the social justice uh, movements that are happening. So like their mental health is actually suffering. So they're playing well, despite these issues, sir, <laughs> I like, I love the NBA. So I'm just like ready to be like, no, um, but that's so crazy. it's, it's like everything's so off the map. And I'm definitely one of those people that like, you know, I've had friends say to me, like you, everything you say is very contradicting. And I always said, like, if I wrote a book, it would basically be about contradictions like you contain multitudes yeah yeah that's the thing two but things like, can be true my sun sign is pisces and they are literally swimming in the complete opposite direction are those the twins no, that's no those are that's gemini pisces are the fish that are swimming in complete opposite direction get with it i know i know i'm no, just I'm I just downloaded CoStar a month ago. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it really, I feel like I am, a, I, I can be a walking con- contradiction, but the reason is because I have so much compassion for so many people that like, is ignorance bliss? Yes, at times it, it truly is. Like if you don't know no better, like of course you're going to make mistakes. It's also dangerous. And I, so I have this conversation with my husband a lot because I will bring it back all the time to like, I grew up and experienced childhood trauma and I always talk about our housing insecurity and things like that when I'm trying to like convey a point of view and he says to me Sarah you're not that girl anymore now you're you're benefiting from all this privilege and you have to wield it wisely and I'm like he's right and so I think sometimes I haven't progressed quite as quickly from like an emotional and maturity standpoint as my bank account you know what I mean I think that's your shadow work babe that's my shadow and, and shadow work is very it, it can be it, it, if you do it in a, in a space where you're comfortable like at home with your husband or just alone like that is something that so he okay so a, a lot of people in spirituality believe like once you're like with the person that you like your your partner that they are like your twin flame so they help almost be a reflection so all your life you're dating other people who are more so a problematic because they're just triggering 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 this is someone who sees you and then also confronts you. And challenges, yeah. So that's maybe something you should write about. Talk about what it's like to, because yes, now I am privileged, but that little girl inside of you does not know that. That little girl inside of you only knows what she knows. And that is that, like, I'm bouncing from XYZ to XYZ. Like, we're, make, we're making ends meet, like, X, you know? So it's funny, too, because a lot of people who are well wealthier you see them like in t-shirts and sweats and people are like oh yeah they're so humble they're so humble Britney Spears they're not humble they're like yo like if I ever go back to this broke person living in a trailer I don't know what I will do so let me be as frugal as possible yeah Britney with her Cheetos like I love it for her you know she lives her truth (laughs) and then on the flip knowledge is power but how how can that be like so how we found the, the negative connotation to ignorance bliss there's also negativity and like having too much power you know too much and it is taking you off the deep end tiktok i don't really want to go yeah. off the deep end <laughs> always bring it back to tiktok <laughs> This is the number one That's TikTok. That's the song that, I used on yes. that one that got half a million views. This is the number one TikTok <laughs> podcast. Like my head. 
Yeah. Um, there's a great line in one of my favorite movies called Broadcast News um, where Holly Hunter plays this really, really ambitious news producer. She, like, wants to make it to the top. And so, and she basically ends up at the, like, her network hires this, this guy as an anchor. And they really butt heads and just, like, kind of are in competition and then sort of fall in love. But there's a scene in that movie where... <laughs> where she says she can, a character says to her like what is it like to be the smartest person in the room and she's like it's terrible like it's miserable and lonely terrible. yeah and it is it, it like it can't like just like you were saying though it can be knowing too much about you know whatever any you know yourself or any given thing or the world or society or whatever can be <laughs> Molly's got hiccups. She's pouring a drink over. Listen, there's no. nothing left in the cup. There's nothing left in the cup. Um, but it can be like sometimes you just want to escape from your own brain, right? Like, get me out of here. I got to tell you, I have a good friend who, you know, arguably one of my best friends, who is someone I grew up with in a small town. And one time we were just like, shooting the shit chit-chatting and like I was talking to her about like you know like my trials and tribulations and she was like I always wonder what that's like and I'm like what and she's like having ambition oh wow isn't that insane yeah <laughs> like I'm down on myself I'm thinking I'm not doing enough I'm not like out here doing anything I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm not doing anything at all and someone who I, I love to death. She's, you know, she's comfortable just doing the bare minimum. She's content. And it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me that, like, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm envious of you. Yeah, like, like nice, what would it be like to not give a shit about progressing or doing anything or helping anyone or just, I wake up, I go to work, I go to sleep, and that is it. And there's not one, it's not right or wrong to be either of them. It's just some, no, 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 but right, I get, like, that's the point, though, right? It's just, like, people are built differently, and sometimes, yeah, I've just been like, oh, yeah. I am trying to become more forgiving. I listened to an interview with Allie Raceman today, the gymnast, and she talks about how she used to do these workouts for 12 hours a day or whatever, and now sometimes walking up a a staircase will make her, like, short of breath, and she's like, it's because emotionally I am exhausted like she just survived this terrible abuse from Larry Nasser, who's the team doctor but she's like it's not my body doing the work it's my head it's yeah. my mind um so I do want to turn the conversation to spirituality because yes. I think that's a huge part of you and plants too this is what we want to talk about what is the hardest plant for you to take care of in your house um probably like my marantas or my calpheas those are more so like they. I guess the uh, common name would be prayer plants. It's the ones that like fold up and like fold back down. They just require a ton of humidity. Uh, they require a lot of moisture, and they're so beautiful. But unless they're like clustered or you have a humidifier going constantly, they're just like a pain. So I will tell this to all the people who are looking to become plant parents because quarantine has definitely turned a lot of people into plant parents. You have to find a, like, species that you like and you know you can take care of. Like, some people are like, oh, I'm going to get succulents because they're the easiest. They're the hardest plants to keep alive. Well, they're the easiest. The people who thrive on neglect also neglect their plants. Those are the easiest. I always water them too much. My Because you thrive on love. And you want to know what? Listen to this. Plants will tell you how you are as a lover. I love oh my that. god, tell us more. If you find that you're overwatering your plants, that means you overlove your partner and that you and it's either from a space of wanting to be more loved or that that is your love language. That you are just a like you're just constantly fueling love into the other person. I'm a words of affirmation kind of girl, but same idea. Yeah. See, I love how people always say they're one, but it's almost like how they tear. Yeah. What is your tear? Uh, quality time is the second one. I can see that for you. Words of affirmation and then quality time. I've never done the actual thing. I've only self-assessed. <laughs> but for my husband, his number <laughs> one is gestures and like acts of love or whatever. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, acts of kindness. I think I do that, but I do think words of affirmation 
just like from my own thinking of what that would mean. But like, are you, so I feel like off the front, I'd be like, oh yeah, words of affirmation. But then when I receive, when I receive those words, I don't truly receive them. I'm like, oh, stop it. And like, or I ask for them. Like I will ask for it. I'll be like, how do I look? Yeah. Do you Yeah. Like, so it's like, that's how I know. That's, that's why I was able to identify. I was like, oh, I can't like ask for that. So then they say that like the, the ones that the one that you like your first and two is like one is what you want and one is what you give. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I sense. want. Those are the ones I want. Yeah. You're like you're so pretty. Yeah. That's what I love. But he wants acts of kindness. So like once we learn that about each other too, it's pretty helpful. And the I book says that. that too. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. once you know it, you're golden, honey. Yeah, like, he cool. loves it when I grocery shop, and I couldn't care less if he grocery shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like you're doing it wrong. We don't buy this kind of milk. <laughs> so yeah, I think the plants have taught me so much, and you know, my friend actually, she voiced my friend that I was just talking to you guys about the teacher. She was like, I think your plants have become an obsession and like I'm worried about you. Like intervention. Literally. She's like, I'm worried about you and I'm all like, you know what? Like they don't let me down. Like they all require a certain amount of care. I care for them in that respect. And then they reward me by giving another week. So I think if you're gonna become a plant parent, find what you like. Cause they say pothos are the easiest to take care of. They say snake plants or ZZ plants. I'm killing my snake plant right now. I oh, heard no. you can't kill a snake plant. I have a Swedish ivy. The lies they tell. Yeah. I but you've got ivy. like... I have, a, I have a Swedish ivy named Heather who is thriving, and I love her so much. And I did kill a plant named Philomena, though. That was a philodendron. She got root rot. Which philodendron, though? Okay, so, fe- so philodendrons... She got a little shocked when I moved her. Philodendron skindens. Epipremums. Yeah. I'm just like the botanical names. I'm like, Epipremum pennata. <laughs> yeah. um, those are the plants. So what I've done is, in my plant journey, I've gotten rid of the plants I know I do not take care of well. Yeah, I don't want to kill them on purpose. No. Actually, except for that one succulent that I did try to kill oh, out, of, out of spite. I tried to kill that one out of spite because it started to die on me, and I was like, I hate you. Yeah. And then I gave it to my mom. <laughs> But you gave it away. Yeah, I don't know if it's alive, though. It's not your problem anymore. Exactly. Can you tell us about the crystal you're wearing? Yes, it's beautiful. This is a purple fluorite. Fluorite is all about, like, uh, your spirituality connection. Purple usually resonates somewhere in these two chakras. So either your crown chakra or... (laughs) Either your crown chakra or third eye chakra. And that's, like, right between your eyebrows? Mm-hmm. Third eyes right here. And so I, I think that you've said, too, like, that necklace, you can you change. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys are going to be so impressed. I started wrapping crystals. What? So I've, I've gotten a couple crystals as gifts that were just the stone. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do with this? Put it in my pocket. And when I take my jeans off, they're just going to fall out. So I started wrapping them with wire. I went to Joanne Fabrics, got wire, started wrapping them. They look gorgeous. I'll wrap you girls one. So why would you wear that one on this day? Um, so I ask things. <laughs> I feel like if there was a fly on the wall in my house, they'd be like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I have them on chains, and I usually ask them. I'll do them over fire. And like an incense. I try not to do Sage or Palo Santo because there's a lot of, like, indigenous, sage, like, sage, yeah, yeah. You should not be so I, saging your house with people. <laughs> you shouldn't it's sage true. it. You shouldn't sage it in general right. because it's very, it's it's clearing, so it opens up a space. So let me tell you, people, because some of you already have sage and you're probably going to use it. And I don't, you know, I'm not upset with you for using it. You already purchased it, so you might as well use it rather than throwing it out because it's inappropriate to use because of the cultural appropriation. However, it's not great to clear your space of all energies because you are probably already with some energy like I know my great grandmother is with me I know my granddad on my mom's side is with me I know my granddad on my dad's side is with me my grandma's I'm not quite sure about those broads are probably like bye Felicia we gone (laughs) however when you clear with sage it clears everything and so it's for a specific 
thing. It's not energy. So we'll send the good energies that are with you along with the bad energies and we'll also open space for any energy that also likes to be invited by a clear space. I feel like that's like, you know, like the good bacteria, right? Like the, you, you need antibodies, you need stuff to fight stuff. It's, this, it's the same idea where you need these good spirits. Yogurt. Yeah. Tons of smoke does a lot of the clearing. So some people even clear with just like boiling different things. Like they'll peel lemons and oranges. They'll put like rose petals in a pot of boiling water. Anything with smoke will do the clearing. I like to use like rosemary, bay leaves, you can use anything. Go out, literally walk out in nature. You can use a leaf, honestly, if you really wanted to. Why did we talk, start talking about this? Oh, crystals and stuff. <laughs> yes, we're talking about crystals. Just so you'll ask the crystal. Yes. <laughs> Usually I'll put it on a string. Like, are you with me today? And it'll come with me. I'll um, tell you. Yeah. And if you're burning something, it means you're clearing the energy. Mm-hmm. I usually do like rosemary. So, if once you get a bunch of crystals, like I have rings, so I usually have like just thread that I'll thread through the ring just to ask the ring if it's clear. And sometimes it's like no. Or I have a pendulum which I'll also hover over the ring and ask it. Sometimes they're not with you. Sometimes they just need a, a break from you. They're sick. Like, just like everybody else. <laughs> I believe that. So sometimes I just leave some of them in a bowl of sea salt or um, Himalayan salt and let them clear themselves. But a lot of times I do wear a lot of crystals with me. If I know I'm going to be talking a lot, I usually will wear a blue crystal. But today I went to put on my lapis lazuli, which is a blue crystal. The, the necklace didn't hang right. Did reject you? Yeah, pretty much. The necklace didn't hang right. It just wasn't feeling it today. So I was just like, you know what, sis? Here you go. Right. Are Can we ready you, for our, Yeah, will you do our tarot, our tarot reading? <laughs> I will do it. I'm going to, first of all, there's a lot of things that come into this. Okay. First thing. I have been drinking and I will disclose that. Because first thing. The first, a lot of people believe that like your Yes. And um they call there's like a drinking um deity or so we'll take this perhaps. So I just started reading other people recently. I will tell you guys too, like if you ever go get an actual reading from like a psychic. So, Page of Cup represents good news, happiness, contentment, intuition, and playful creativity. Love that for you, actually. Good for the writer's soul. And um, if you ever go get a reading, do not give the reader any information. Like, when you are confirming or denying, just say, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh, yeah, I have an uncle named Tom, and he 100%. <laughs> like, T? Yeah, I, I have a friend named Terrence. No. <laughs> I have an I uncle named Tom. One represents fire, like I said. And so this is all about action. And the divination in the book says, the path ahead is clear for dynamic action. I always love when I'm like a little bit close because I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you like, you learned it. That's like uh, warranty. Mm-hmm. Have to think of it on your own and then you make meaning. It says, be confident and explore new fun adventures. Travel is also indicated. This card can represent a sexual, sexual explorer. Oh, <laughs> Jacob! <laughs> I'm gonna have to go home. You're like, You're like editing this. I got the Knight of Swords. I forgot we were swords. And they say that your rising sign is what comes up when you drink. It's the truest. Oh, yeah. I had to like go and look That's at my birth certificate to find out what time of day I was born. Uh, but luckily, my parents, my, well, not my parents, my mom is really into like spirituality and all this stuff too. My granddad was as well. Scorpio. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sarah's a Scorpio rising. That is so interesting. She was talking about going home to Jake. Partnerships here. Yes. This is an offering. Lovers. It's an offering, a page, so it's something new, something fresh. Uh-huh. Lovers. This can be in partnership or romantically. A lot of people assume the lovers means yeah. romance, but this could be a partnership, a good deal that you're going to make with someone, or a good job you're going to start, or something like that. Mm. 
this looks like, you know, you're kind of over the battle. Like, we're all set. Like, no one won. No one lost. Let's kind of move on. And then again, this is a celebration between a partnership. But it's funny, too, because I know you guys ask sometimes people, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> 10 years ago, did you guys see COVID-19? <laughs> Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. Someone this? did, but not me. Uh, it's gonna I be know. me. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Well, I look forward to like doing some shadow work and getting yes. back to work on my novel. This is like very enlightening. Thank you. Yes, this is wonderful. You can see how those two correlate. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, actually, they're very closely related. Molly, what are you gonna work on? I'm like, I'm, I'm now your life coach. Yeah. What are you gonna work on? Me. I'm going to work on getting myself right as far as just, like, my levels of exhaustion and, like, mental capacity and just making sure that I'm, like, using my brain enough but not overworking myself. Because Love yourself, Molly. Yeah. Set those boundaries, girl. Yeah. Got to do it. Cannot pour from an empty cup. Absolutely. Well, I have been Sarah. I've been Molly. And this was Pop It. Pop It. Pick up free.